praise you, Lord. We thank you that you're peace in the storm, God. That you're worthy no matter what we're facing, God. You're worthy even when we feel like we're not, God. Lord, this morning we don't worship you out of convenience or comfort, Lord. We worship you because you're worthy, God. We exalt your name, Lord. Your name's already exalted above the heavens. Your name's above everything, God. Your name is the highest name, Lord. Whatever anybody's facing today, I just declare, if you're facing chaos, his name's above it. If you're facing pain, his name's above it. If you're facing distraction or, or some kind of a demise in your life right now, his name's above those things. Come on, Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you've humbled yourself to the point of death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted you above everything. And this morning, Lord, we bow with the name of Jesus. And we declare that everything we're facing, Lord, every giant, every enemy, every doubt, every dis- anything, every distraction, anything the devil's trying to throw at us has to bow at your name this morning, Lord. We just give you glory and honor and praise. Come on, let's just shout the name of Jesus for a second. Give him one more minute of praise. Jesus! Everything bows to your name, Lord. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What's up, Transformation Church? It is good to be in church with you this morning. You guys have a good week so far? Just starting today. Y'all ready? It's already good, right? Grab your seat. And as you do, look at somebody and say, we are well able. Tell three people, we are well able. Look at the one person that you aren't sure if you like yet and tell them you are too. We're in a series uh, called We Are Well Able. And um, I, I, this is a vision series. On your seat, there's a vision 2020 card. And um, we're going to get to that in a little bit. I just want you to hold on to that. We're giving it out today. And then for the next three weeks, you've heard that December the 8th, we're going to have a large um, vision offering. We do that every year, our, our uh, corporate vision offering, just believing God for what he has for us for the next year. And so you can see some of those initiatives on the card. Um, we uh, believe that God's going to continue to grow our church. And uh, you can see under church growth, uh, one of the things is second location prep. And I'm going to talk about this in the message a little bit, but we're believing for multiple locations of, of a church. You can see in here now, this is almost full. Um, there's a few seats scattered, but we had people in first service. We have a third service. We have a, a lot of people attending our church, and we believe that we want to take what God's given us and put this in other areas of town and uh, believe in God uh, for this city. And so we're believing for multiple locations. And that says prep on purpose because uh, I was ready to roll in, in September, and uh, we prayed, and God said, no, wait, <laughs> we're going to go. And so we're prepping all this year and then January 2021 we're looking at a launch date in January and so we're uh, strategizing on that believing God for that and uh, looking for a lot of uh, teams we're going to start eventually having launch parties and all the all different types of stuff to prepare for that and some of y'all might have that heart we're going to announce where that location is later in the year but uh, we're still praying through that but we're we're prepping this year it's it costs about a quarter of a million dollars to launch a location with excellence and so so we're believing God for that and then um, you can see where it says TC Kids Space Um, um, we've been given a, a $40,000 classroom that used to be used at CAK. It's about 1,800 square feet with a bathroom in it. And uh, we're going to put that together. It's free. It's given to us, but it's going to cost about $20,000 to put it in place. And that's going to be back right here uh, on, the, on the side of our parking lot in between these properties. And, and we're doing that because a lot of you who serve, you serve multiple services. And it's for kids space because we've heard you say, and we want to we serve that need and, and that, that I serve a couple times and my kids are in the, in the kids' 
ministry, the same, and they go every time, the same thing for multiple services. So it's hard for my kids to sit through that. So we're wanting to make a clubhouse space for the kids and the families that serve multiple times so you can have your kids somewhere. Uh, and really when I'm trying, it's selfish, I'm trying to take away all your excuses not to serve three services every, every week. And so, so we're going to make that. It's going to be, you know, video games and some, some snacks and food. And just they'll sit in here and learn about Jesus. And then we'll have that there. And then the youth and the students will use that during the week as well. So that's part of the vision for our kids. And then you can see Transformation Leadership Academy, TLA. Um, again, we were going to start that in February, but God told us as a team to wait, told me to wait. And so we're going to launch that fully in August. And um, that's really our leadership pipeline or our internship. And uh, I think that for any church to be successful, you need a leadership pipeline. Come on, any business, any church. And so we believe in the next generation. And that's going to be all ages. It'll be an eight-week class and then on Monday nights. And then it'll turn into a one-year internship. And um, we just really believe that, especially launching it in August, it's going to be powerful as a pipeline leading to a our second location uh, launch. And so um, that'll, that'll be more details to come with that, but it's called TLA, Transformation Leadership Academy. And that eventually will turn into a school, we're believing. And so a lot of vision around that. And then capital improvements, you can see parking lot. Uh, we're looking at paving some of our parking lots or, or, um, or sealing them up. And then you can see World Cafe. Um, that's uh, an important part. Really, we're going to turn that into an event center. It's the cafe back here on our property. We've been getting it going and, and up and ready. Uh, but there's some things we still have to do to it. And we're not just doing a cafe to do a cafe. Uh, we believe that we, it's important to get people on our property here and get them in our campus and get them around godly people and have a place for you guys to go and have a coffee in the area. And so we want to see that uh, launch this year strong as well. So be praying over that. We're going to jump into the word. We've been looking at a, a, just a thought and a vision of we are well able. Been building this thought in this season uh, around the uh, Caleb and Joshua, really looking at Caleb. Uh, he made this statement. Ten spies went out. Twelve went out. Ten said, we're not able. We can't take the promise. We can't have what God said. And uh, enemy's trying to always get you to feel like you're not able. And so Caleb and Joshua, Caleb said it. He goes, hey, wait a minute. God said we can have it. We are well able. And so there's this spirit of, of being well able, I think, that has to get into us in a greater way as a church, as Christians, as moms, dads, sons, daughters. Just we're well able to do what God's called us to do. Week one. I had a box of cookies up here, Oreo cookies. Some of y'all fell and backslid. I get it. And, uh, and on the front, it was a picture of cookies. And I talked about the power in the packaging, that marketing companies know there's power in the package and that you see the front of the package, which is the promise. It's the cookies. And we buy in based on the promise. Then the next week, I turned the box around. I had a, a big cake, a chocolate cake, turned the box around. There's a beautiful promise on the front, but there's a process on the back of the box. Many of us want the promise, but we, we don't want the process. And so we have to learn and mature that even though if there's a promise we're going to grab, there's a process we're going to step into. And the process isn't always easy, right? There's some blending, there's some eggs, there's some baking soda, there's some stuff that tastes nasty. In the process sometimes, there's some giants we have to face. We talked about it last week. The, the fight is your food. Come on, anybody get a hold of that? The fight is your food. The fight feeds you. Caleb said the giants are bread to us. We feed on them that it's actually sustenance. Every promotion in your life this year will come through a fight. That's right. Listen, God still does miracles, but it's a fight to hold on to them, somebody. Come on, it's a fight to, to keep believing and keep grabbing. And so, and so there's a fight. Come on, every promotion. David fought his giant and got promoted to king. That's a word for somebody. Somebody's been wanting to be king. Well, you still got to fight your giant. 
you still got to defeat the giants that you've been running from. And so we talked about that last week. And then this week, I want to look at what happens when uh, Caleb is ready to enter the promised land, doesn't get to enter, and then has to wander for 38 years, even though it wasn't him that went wayward. What happens when you have to wander because someone else went wayward? Some of you guys are wandering through the dysfunction of someone else's disobedience right now. Some of y'all faced a split in your family and you're still dealing with the emotional chaos that you feel because of what happened growing up. Or some of you got left or someone disobeyed God or something happened. Someone abused you or hurt you. You're still having to wander when it wasn't your fault and you didn't go wayward. Someone else went wayward. And what do we do? How do we get strong? And I think, Caleb, we can look at a couple thoughts from his life as he began to wander. Numbers 14 says this, and God speaks. He says, say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. God said that, like, listen, God says, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. Come on, what if we got everything we said in God's hearing? What if we got everything God heard us saying? Thank God for mercy, somebody. Come on, anybody glad to get... I mean, I, I'm thankful for the mercy of Jesus, right? Because we say things, but we're still called to guard our mouth, guard what we say. And many of you are blaming the devil for your self-fulfilled prophecy of the negativity you're speaking over your own life. It's not the devil's fault. You just keep saying the things and you keep seeing those things. And so they said, look, you're going to get everything you said. And then verse 30, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh and Joshua, the son of Nun, you all shall by no means enter the land which I swore I will make you dwell in, but your little ones whom you said would be victims I will bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. And they rose early in the morning, so the story is now God said you can't enter, but now they're like, God, we messed up. We want to go in. We'll take it. We'll do it. Come on, anybody, you know, you're like, like, God, I want it now, right? Like, okay, I know it. I know I missed it, but God, I want it now. This is what happens to these guys. They're like, God, we want it now. We'll go now. We'll go up to the mountain. Here we are, and we'll go up to the place the Lord promised us, for we have sinned. We messed up, 40, 41. And Moses said, now why do you transgress the command of the Lord? For this will not succeed. Do not go up, lest you be defeated by your enemies, for the Lord is not among you at this time. But, the, but they presumed to go up to the mountaintop. Nevertheless, neither the ark of the covenant of the Lord nor Moses departed from the camp. The Amalekites and the Canaanites who dwelt in the mountain came down, attacked them, and drove them back as far as Hormah. The title for today is very simple. The progress is in the pain. The progress is in the pain. Come on. I know it's a little bit heavy. Are y'all okay with me? The, the power is in the packaging. The promise is in the process. But the progress is in the pain. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that um, you're still with us and that you, you've spoken and you've said that no pain we ever faced would be wasted. That no matter what we are right now in the middle of, no matter what process we find ourselves in, no matter what package we've bought into and a promise that you've shown us, Lord, you, you've shown us a good promise and we've said, yes, we're committing to the process. Many committed to the process last week, but God, right now there's some pain in the middle of that process and I pray no one would give up, no one would quit, that we could know supernaturally that we are progressing even in the midst of the pain. In Jesus' name, make us strong today. Amen. Amen. There's progress in the pain. I have a horrible pain threshold. Come on, anybody. I got a very low pain tolerance as maybe it's a man thing because we don't have children. And so I think every woman in, on the planet should be celebrated for her level of pain tolerance. Somebody come on. I don't care what 
I, I don't, you're like, yeah, well, she gets, if you just thought to your mind, well, they get epidurals, you should, you, we're going to pray for you right now. Because you, you wouldn't take no epidural and do what they do. You wouldn't do it. We could put you on every drug on the planet. I wouldn't do it, somebody, right? My wife decided when we had our three children that she was going to do them all 100% natural, like natural, all natural, no medicine. Like we had, we had kids in weird, like our house, we had one kid in our house. That's weird. We decided we, we bought a house in a state that allowed you to do that because she wanted, we wouldn't let you in North Carolina. So we bought a house in South Carolina so she could torture herself and use no medicine and have a midwife. We're using weird roots and, you know, all kinds of weird stuff to, to, to you know, induce labor. <laughs> These ladies got all kinds of, like, just natural stuff. And so we're having this. We have a child. It's a, we have a midwife there. and a, She's a you know, nurse practitioner or whatnot. But we had no medicine. My wife, the two midwives we had our kids at in Dallas, they actually didn't even have medicine on the premises, somebody. Like, my, they, my wife said, yeah, it's good. They actually remove medicine so you don't back out in the middle of the pain. And because, and, and come on, how many of you know? Come on, I lost a fingernail and about got addicted to codeine. <laughs> Someone, y'all, I can't have any dental work. Y'all know. Who am I talking to? Come on, y'all know you're getting the second refill. You know, you know you don't need them on the second refill. Ah, I just hit a touchy spot. Every, everybody wants progress, but nobody wants the pain. Nobody's willing to deal with the pain. And the reality is all progress comes through the pain, whether it's in the gym or in your marriage or in your health or in your finances or, or in your debt reduction plan or in your discipline, whatever, whatever area that you want to see progression in, there's going to be pain involved. Listen to me. You can't get progress without pain, but you have to hear this. You will not endure pain if you have a shallow purpose. Many of you aren't able to endure the pain of where you need to go because you have a shallow purpose. Come on. I, I want to be rich. That's a shallow purpose. Uh, that, and that turns into greed. That's how a person becomes greedy because they want to be rich. Actually, what about having a purpose with a product that can serve humanity and help people? And how, how about a deeper purpose? Many of you want to get in shape because you want to look better on the beach. Come on. That's been want better biceps. It's that way. Come on, somebody. You, well, that's a shallow purpose. Like, why do you want, if we begin to dig into your purpose and we discover it's a little bit shallow, you're not going to be able to stick to the routine or the pain when it rains out. You're not going to the gym because your shallow is just wanting to, your, your, your purpose is just wanting to look better. Come on, you're not going to be, you know, if it's sunny, you ain't going to the gym. <laughs> it's sunny. If it's rainy, you ain't going to the gym. It's rainy. If the day of the week ends in Y, you're not going to the gym. Because your purpose, it's like this, I dealt with that for years. My purpose was shallow, right? And so it was hard to, to live healthy and to, and to have that, that dedication in the middle of the pain because I had this shallow purpose. I just want to look better. But then if you begin to ask yourself, well, why do you want to look better? Well, you, you feel like you have more confidence when you look better. Okay, there's a little bit deeper purpose. You feel like you can present yourself better when you are, are a little bit lighter in your, in, in your clothes fit. You feel more confident. That's a deeper purpose. Well, I just want to be healthier. Well, why do you want to be healthier? You're not going to just commit to it if you just want to be healthier. Why? Well, because I want to live longer and serve my city and serve my church and serve my family and lay up a little inheritance for my grandkids. And I want to, I want to have a purpose and I want to start that. Now you begin to get deeper in your purpose. Y'all following me? You'll never commit to the pain of progress unless you get a deeper purpose. How deep is your why? Like how deep is the why of your marriage or the, the why of your money or the why of your, what's the vision around it? Write this down. A strong purpose will cause you to commit to progress even in pain. 
I don't know what you're facing today, and I know that might be painful for some of you, but, but man, Caleb has this vision. He's this visionary man. What is the why? What is the purpose? It's your vision, 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 vision. What's the vision of your life? Like, can you tell me what the vision of your life is right now? The vision of your family is what the vision of your marriage is. Come on. A lot of you single people, you've got a big old long list. That's not vision. That's selfishness. The list is all about what you want. What about what you and your spouse one day are going to accomplish together? And What kind of ground you're going to take and what kind of kids you're going to raise? And what about making a list of what God's calling you to envision? Just a list of wants. Man, I, I, this vision you've got to get in your heart. And I think Caleb is a, such an example. He's famous for seeing what others wouldn't see and saying what others wouldn't say. Therefore, he could do what others wouldn't do. We talk about him today because he was the one or two that said, come on, we see it. God said it. We're going to speak it. It's a promise from God. We can have it. I'm not backing up. I'm not doubting. I'm not going to deter. And everyone else went wayward, but he spoke up. You know, vision will remove fear. Come on, it was two million against four. Can you imagine that day? Man, two million. He's like, hey, we can take it. We got the land. I mean, what kind of boldness? Vision will create boldness in your heart. It'll make you an initiator. It'll make you speak up. Some of you are so scared to speak up in the middle of certain places because of vision. He, he, he speaks up. He quiets all the people at one point. They're all murmuring, gum, gum, complaining, grumbling. He says, hey, quiet. Shh. He hushes all of them. Write this down. Vision will quiet chaos in your life. Somebody needs to hear that right now. Vision will quiet chaos. You ever been on a plane and like turbulence hits? Yeah, you just, she just felt it right there. Your seat just dropped out a little bit from under. You're like, yes. I hate turbulence on a plane. Anybody hate, anybody just can't stand. I mean, you get a little bit, you get a little chaotic in your heart. A little, your, your blood pressure goes up a little bit. You know, I mean, I just, I, oh, yeah, we're going to Cuba. Remember? And like we had emergency landings and stuff. I mean, I'm like uh, hyperventilating, waiting for the oxygen mask to drop out. Uh, uh, I can't breathe. I'm starting, you know, just just thinking that we lost pressure in the cabin, just in my mind, I can't, turbulence hits, and I'm just like, I'm panicking somebody, I'm panicking, I don't like it, I'm looking around, I'm, ju- I'm looking at everybody else's face to see when I'm supposed to panic, like how bad it really is, <laughs> y'all know, you're looking, like, is, it, is this okay, is this, what, is this normal, you know what I mean, you can't see the storm, you can't see, the pilot comes on, he's like, Psh! he's all calm, he's like, we're experiencing a little bit of turbulence, I'm like, are you kidding me, we're about to die, it's like, it's like, why are you so calm? Because he has a windshield. Because he's got gauges and radars. He can see the horizon. He can see where the storm's coming from and how far ahead it is and how much longer until we fly out of it. I'm all chaotic and panicking because I can't see anything. I'm turbulent. And I've got turbulence in my heart and emotions. I, I'm up and down in chaos because I can't see. Many of you are chaotic in all of your life and you're on this emotional turbulent roller coaster because you don't have any vision from God. You're looking at everybody else's face to figure out when to panic. Well, they hated on me. I'm going to hate on them back. Well, they said it. I'm going to say it back. Well, they posted it. I'm going to post it back. Well, they're doubting. I don't think we can do it either. Well, they're negative. We might as well screw it all. Can you say that in church? Some of y'all have. <laughs> Come on, we're on a plane about to die. I can say what I want. <laughs> Some of y'all. I love y'all. I am saved. 
But has anybody ever felt that way? Like, and you're reading all of everyone around you because you can't see the vision and the gauges that God has for you. So, and you know what I do when I can't see and I'm on a plane? This is real. When I'm on a plane and I can't see the storm, I can't, and I feel chaotic in my heart, I start rehearsing vision that God's given me. I start rehearsing purpose. I start telling the devil. And it might be in a high tone, a small tone. It might be in a whimper or a cry like, God, I ain't done yet. I got a vision. We got a church to build. We got family. I got kids. We got multiple locations going. I still got purpose. Devil, I still got purpose. I ain't going down on this plane. Some of y'all need to start rehearsing the vision God's given you. And if you don't have one, there's a good one in this house to attach to. I think it's important that we need vision. And, and Caleb's this visionary. And, and I, I just think as a church, we're not done, man. There's a vision for our life. There's a vision for your life. You are sitting in vision right now that my wife and I had in 11 years ago in 2008 when we moved to this city. You are sitting in vision right now. I didn't know all of you, but you were part of the vision. I, I, I mean, the chairs were part of the vision. The screens were part of the vision. That was part of the vision. I mean, a contemporary church that loved God and wasn't performance-driven but was presence-driven from the platform, a place where people could belong before they behaved, could belong before they believed, a place where people wouldn't be judged in the middle of their sins, and you didn't have to do 82 seminary classes to greet somebody and serve somewhere. A place where people could find freedom. We got a freedom weekend this weekend, Friday and Saturday. There's going to be about 60 people finding freedom this weekend, seeing God set them free. A place of diversity, not just color, not just an ethnicity, but in socioeconomic and in generational diversity. And we could sing Kanye. You could hear Kanye coming in the door, but you could also sing a hymn. It is well with my soul. You know what I'm saying? I mean, all types of diversity. There's diversity on the menu, not some. All these churches say, well, what's your target audience? Humanity. And I got churches, I'm telling you, like, well, you got to know how to advertise and market. And they've got, you know, I, got, I know churches, great big ones that have like, you know, the little white 35-year-old in his khakis and in his outfit goes, and the whole thing, like, there's our demographic. We, he goes to the gym. He does this. He's, he's white-collar work. I'm not kidding. Like, I've seen him. I've sat in the meetings. Who's your target? Humanity and our city. And anybody that has a heartbeat that needs some love and needs God and might be messed up, needs a thousand chance like I did. And it's going to need another thousand tomorrow. Come on. That's the vision you're sitting in and you were a part of that. And I, don't, I just think we're just getting started. We're not done yet. That's why I'm putting this card in your hand. Like, like that's why I'm asking you to pray for the next three weeks over this card. Like, not just because... We want money. I'm going to show you in a minute what money actually means in a second. Not just, I mean, you can give money to the United Way. You can give money to the Jingle Bell song walking into the malls in that little red bucket. I know it's Salvation Army. But, but I mean, I, I, I check out so far this year, 2019. Here's some just stats. Listen to me. Just some numbers, and the, every number has a name. And I, I got some quotes for you. There's a 612 fresh starts this year alone. 600 people. There's the deepest why we could ever imagine. There, that's not a shallow why. That's not a shallow vision. How deep is that why? There's a quote. We put a couple quotes behind each of these. Look what this man said. David, I was relieved because I knew that I was safe and God was going to heal my broken spirit so that I could start a new beginning. Having been stripped of all things that were blocking me from his love and his promise. Come on, 612 people feeling that they could be not blocked from God any longer. 71 water baptisms, over 10% of people taking a public step of water. We're praying for 25% of salvations next year. Water baptisms, a weight was lifted off of me. I was no longer unsure of where I would spend eternity. Come on, Jason. 
I mean, that's why, I mean, how deep is that why? People feeling like they know where they're going forever. 684 people in Connect Group, somebody. If you're not in a Connect Group, I encourage you. These are groups that meet throughout the city, throughout the week. You can't get what God has for you in this room. You can't, not, it's not just, you don't just go to church. Listen, it's not someplace you go. Come on, God never said you go to church. He said out of you would flow rivers of living water and that you would be the church and you'd be transformation. Look what someone said about connect groups. Connect groups have helped me come out of my shell and build relationships on purpose. I've learned to love who God created me to be and be confident in what I bring to the table. What communicates love more than that, that actually someone's voice has value and they're loved and what they bring to the table matters? Come on, we're a church with that type of purpose, with that type of destiny. 293 people on a serve team. Come on, somebody. Thank you for serving like crazy, guys. Come on, we're into towels, not titles. And uh, we serve, this is what someone said about serving. As a guest team host, each person I greet is that new person I was upon arriving. So I'm always smiling and grateful that they're here. I want to hear their story because it is my story. Some of you are the answer to your own prayer for someone else. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like you were coming into a new environment, not knowing what to feel. Do you know how many people have come into an environment and not, not known what was going to happen in the church world? Look at this next one. 233 attended Next Steps. 233 believed and went to Next Steps. It's a place where people can discover their leadership gift and how they were made and get plugged into a team. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't been, man, go and get on a team. We don't just go to church. Like, like I would, when I talk to some of you guys, like, yeah, I go to, you'll see me. I go to Transformation Church. What, I don't even know what go to this place means. Like, I don't go here. Like, the, this turns a crowd into a committed group of people, a family, a purpose, a mission, a vision, something deeper than just going to a place. Attending next steps made me feel like I belong to something that gives me purpose and allows me to help others. I've gained a support team to help me through difficult times and friends to laugh with in good times. Stacy, look at the next one. This is an important one. 150 weekly student attendance. 150 kids, young people being apart. Come on. It can be all ages. Look what this little young girl, age seven, said. I like TC Kids because I like learning about God and worshiping. It changed my life because now I know more about God. Come on, raise them up. You know what I'm saying? Like a vision, purpose, destiny. 712 first-time guests this year so far. We're not even done yet. 712 new people. Look what this says. Look what someone said about coming here for the first time. The first time I came to Transformation, I felt nothing but welcome. Do you know how rare this is in a church? Do you know how many people I meet and they say, I went to a church and no one talked to me and no one greeted me and I felt weird and I felt like an outcast and they all dressed different and I was isolated and I, in the church. That's why this is so important. For the minute I walked in the parking lot, there was somebody there to make me feel welcome. And at home, my first thought was, this is where I belong. Come on, man. Let's give God praise. And look at this last one. 844 in weekly attendance through three services. Again, it's not about a number. Every number has a name. And we're believing God for more vision and more purpose. And so I just want to encourage you when we're asking you to pray and believe in whatever amount of pain that you're facing, there is purpose in that pain. I promise you. It is not always easy to progress, but I'm saying we got to be willing to commit. Caleb, I mean, think about this. He is committed to a promised land that he just saw. They've been slaves. They had no land of their own, no homes of their own. No, no wells of their own. And this man walks into the promise, sees it, and says, this is my land. 
This is a, a, a chance for me to have space and ownership and direction and participation. This is my chance. This is our chance. Our families, our nations. I can have a place for my family of our own. I can prosper. We can be spacious. We can have businesses. Like, this is our lo- own land. And then someone went wayward, and he ends up wandering for 38 years. The pain he must have felt. What keeps him strong? Vision. The only, listen, vision is a gap filler for you in between your promises. Vision is a gap filler. If you feel weak, if you feel like, man, it's too much pain, you've got to rehearse, recount the vision God's told you about. God told me to tell somebody in here, really, I said it earlier, but God told me to tell somebody today that you feel like you're wandering because of someone else's waywardness. And he told me to tell you to hang on. I know you don't feel like you have clarity. I know you feel like someone else disobeyed. I know you feel like you're still fighting dysfunction of their disobedience. But God said, if you will keep following him, he's about to give you clarity. He's about to give you purpose. He's about to clarify the vision for you. Don't quit following him in Jesus' name. Caleb is wandering because someone else went wayward and the pain of that. He's watching his family members die off. All those that were promised, they could. I mean, how close were they to it? How, it was, I mean, he's watching his cousins and his friends and his family. It says, God said, everybody 20 years and up is going to die except these two. Two million people. I don't, know, I don't know if it was a million that had to die. I don't know the numbers, but here's Caleb who was so close to the promise, so close to going in, and all of a sudden now it's wandering from him, and he's wandering, and he's just like, what is happening? And he goes into this wilderness season. Do you know, you know there's nothing worse than almost making it? There's nothing worse than almost building it. I mean, have you ever, you know what I'm saying? Have you ever been there? Come on, where are my Lego people at? <laughs> nothing worse than putting it together, having one wheel short, digging through the Lego bucket OCD for like five hours. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to, you know, you go from the bottom. Anybody with kids knows what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> I am not getting this three wheel this is a four-wheel car. I'm not living with a three-wheel lopsided car. I'm not. There's nothing worse than like building. Some of you live that way with vision. God gave you a vision, gave you a purpose, gave you a destiny, gave you a direction, but life just has a tendency to suck out the passion and the vision of our life sometimes. And now you're dealing with parts and pieces like you saw it, but it's a parts and pieces and you're frustrated. And maybe you started with a great vision with great vows that day, but now just you're kind of frustrated and the vision for your marriage is not the same. Maybe you started with great vision for your kids, but there's been some pain and you didn't sense the progress. And now they're Bebe's kids and they're everywhere and you won't kill them. Anybody remember Bebe's kids? Come on, somebody. Yeah, I just aged myself. You know, you had a vision for something, but, but life just has a tendency. And so now it's just like, shoulda, oh, well, we, we coulda, oh, oh, well, we woulda, oh, well, we, oh, it wasn't that, you know, I don't really know if it was that much of God. Yeah, I know he said we could have it, but I, I just want to, I just want to encourage you. Like, God doesn't want you to just get a piece of it. He wants you to get all of the promise, guys. And you're not done. I'm not done. God wants you to get everything he's had and Transformation Church isn't done. We're just getting started. That's what this card's about, getting started and believing God for, for where he wants to take us. We're going to reach more missionaries next year. We're going to do more missions trips. We're going to give more to people in our city. Come on, where's Sean Stutz? He's in here. Where's folk? He, the, the, I love you, brother. This man right here and his wife are right there. He leads Focus Prison Ministry, one of the biggest prison initiatives in our state. He leads one of the greatest ministries in our city. He goes to our church. I spoke at a graduation with two. There's a couple guys from the program here. They just graduated the other night. Come on, there's my buddy right there. We met the other night. I mean, these men, we, we are standing behind them. We're giving more 
more to that ministry next year. They have two houses. They have rehab houses. They have j- training, and they want to start a construction company. We're not just here to play games. We're changing lives. We're seeing uh, sustainable life change take place. We're partnering into that. And you're a part of that all across this planet. You're going to see videos the rest of this month about different missions and different outreaches and different people's lives that have been changed. And I just think we're not a, we're not a shallow vision people. Come on, y'all with me in that? Yeah. And so I want to declare if we're not shallow in our vision, we can, we can go through any amount of pain it takes to see progress. Yes. You know, when a bicep is being lifted or you're doing lifting weights or you're, you're working, the, the pain comes, but the, the growth comes through the pain, through the tearing of the muscle. And then all of a sudden we begin to grow. I want to give you a couple thoughts real quick. Caleb could have easily quit and backed away when it comes to the vision. Two things that were actually progress, they were painful things he faced, but they were actually progress in the story. And I want to just tell them to you and then I'm going to pray for you. The first thing that looked very painful that was actually progress, all the people after uh, they said no, they tried to go take the land and God said, no, you can't go and take it. And so they're like, no, we're going to go. How hard would it have been for Caleb to not go and want to go when he just saw it? All the people now are buying into his idea. They're like, oh, okay, like we messed up. We can do your idea, Caleb. And he has to not go at that moment. Number one, write this down. God will allow you to wait in the wilderness. Some of you are in the wilderness right now, and you're like, God, when is it going to come to pass? What is my timing? I mean, Caleb wants to go fight. I'm sure he wanted to. It was his idea. Now he's having to wait. The hardest thing in your life sometimes is having to wait. And, and, I, and I, they, wanted, they didn't want what God had for them when God had it for them, but then they wanted what God didn't have for them when God didn't have it for them. Listen, the right thing at the wrong time will kill you. A lot of you, you've heard from God, you've got this promise and God's told you to wait. It's not time and you've been pushing in your own strength and God's saying, wait. And you're like, did I hear you say it's, it's, did I hear you not, Lord, I heard you say it's my time. No, God said it's not your time. Wait. You're taking Timex commercials as prophetic words from God. The right thing at the wrong time will kill you. As a pastor, I've seen it. Come on, I've seen people take traveling jobs when they just had a child. I've seen people buy big houses they can't afford. I've seen people jump into relationships right after they got out of one. It's not that a relationship's wrong, it's the wrong time. And I think that we've got to listen to God and say, okay, God, I'm going to wait when it's my time. Some of you are the person that, that clicks the seatbelt when you're, when you're taxiing to the gate and takes it off and the captain yells at you. You know what I'm talking about? And it doesn't make any sense because the plane's landed. It's like the seatbelt wasn't going to save me in the air. It's not going to save me on the tarmac. You know what I mean? The other day, we were on a plane coming back from Oklahoma, and I took my seatbelt off. Everybody does. You know, you click. That's what's the first thing. You land, you take the seatbelt off. And all of a sudden, the captain comes on. He's like, some of you have taken your seatbelt off. <laughs> Serious. He's like, uh, the sensor's gone off. We'd like you to please put that back on until we get back to the gate. I'm like, there, you lie. It's like, there ain't no sensor, dude. You just know us, man. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at my belt. I'm looking at the seatbelt trying to figure out how they put a little new sensor in that. It's an old plane, like from the 80s, you know. I'm like, you ain't, got, you ain't even got a seat rest. There ain't no sensor in this thing. <laughs> Some of y'all are just clicking your seatbelt off and running, and God's saying, please stay seated and keep your seatbelts fastened. Please wait. Please, please wait. It's not time yet. The right thing at the wrong time will kill you. Somebody say this. I want the right thing at the right time. 
you got to wait sometimes in the wilderness. The second thing that looks painful, but there's progress. God said, listen, all the people that are 20 and up are going to die in the wilderness. <laughs> that looks very painful. But listen to me. That symbolized an attitude. That symbolized a doubt. That symbolized unbelief. God, write this down, will use the desert to destroy doubt and define faith. God will use the desert seasons in your life to destroy your doubt and define your faith. And a lot of times what we do is we allow the enemy to distract us in the desert instead of allowing God to define us in the desert. And so we begin to water things that God wants to wither. And we start watering that attitude. And we start watering ourselves with distraction. We start watering ourselves with another relationship. We start watering things God's trying to wither from our life. And you're feeding something he wants to wither. I want to encourage you. If you're facing a desert season, I know it's painful, but the progress is this. God, what do you want to dry up in this desert season of my life? What pain do I need to face to allow this to dry up? What attitude, what doubt, 20 years old and older. What have you been carrying for 20 years that God's trying to dry up right now? What unforgiveness, what envy, what hatred, what bitterness, what pain, what regret have you been carrying for 20 years that God's trying to use a dry season to actually dry up in your life? God will define you if you allow him to. Caleb had to wander, but how did he survive it? He had vision. He saw what could be. He saw the land and it energized him for 40 years. 40 years. How did he maintain it? A vision. I pray for you right now. I pray some of y'all get vision in your heart right now. You're in a wilderness. You're wandering. You feel like you're in a desert. But God's saying, man, there's vision for you. There's possibility for you. Write this down. You can survive any valley if you have vision. Can you imagine 38 years of having to wander? Oh, yeah, you've been there. Some of us have wandered. And I just want to, I just want, man, listen, refocus. Begin to look again. And, and hear, hear me. If you don't have any borrow ours I promise you that's why we exist that's why I exist I'm serious like I can't take away your pain I can't take away the bills I can't take away the problems but I can give you something bigger to focus on I can give you a bigger purpose a bigger vision we can partner into focus prison ministry we can partner into hope resource center we can partner into Iran and Iraq and, and around the world like like I've got a big vision guys God's given us. And look, this is not, I mean, that's why we're here. Like, keep dreaming. This isn't just about my vision. There's parts of your vision that need to partner into this vision to see this thing expand across our planet. Three parts of vision, and I'm going to close. Is this helping anybody today? I, I know that sometimes this is just, like, I'm just trying to give you practical because there is pain if you're going to progress. The three parts of any vision come from Habakkuk 2. It says this, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that, they, that he may run who reads it. Write the vision. Number one, impression. The first part of vision, impression, impression, impression. Write it down. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets. Write your vision. If I ask you what's your vision right now, I ask people all the time, what's God showing you? What God, what's God saying? What's your vision? People can come and tell me, boom, 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 boom. Or people go, ah, you know, they don't really know. Like, write your vision. It takes the word of God and gets it into your heart. Moses went onto the mountain, got oral vision from God, and impressed it into stone tablets. He pressed hard. You know how hard it was to press that into the tablet? Some of you are giving up because you're out of ink. God's just saying, press harder. Don't worry about the ink. Like, just press it down. Impress it into the tablets of your heart. Write that vision down. The second part, prophesy. Make it plain. What does that mean? Speak it. Say it. Talk it. Speak it. Say it. Talk it. Talk the vision. Talk the vision. Talk the vision. Jesus said, it is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. The vision became flesh and blood. What was written became word and became flesh. He lived it out so that those could actually run with the vision. Come on, speak it. 
So many of you are complaining, 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 and prophesying negativity over your life, complaining, complaining, and you're getting all that you're saying. Like, quit complaining. Like, you ever met people, like, every time I'm like, how you doing? Like, I'm making it. And you know, if you're a Christian, you say that, I want to slap you. I just want, I just want you to know that. Like, it could be, the, I just do. Like, uh, how you doing? I mean, I'm making it. We're making it. Like, you got the creator of the planet on the inside of you. And you're just barely squeaking by. Like, I know there's hard times and hard things, but that's not our spirit. We're overcomers. We're conquerors. We're more than able. We're well able. Come on, let somebody say, I'm well able. I'm beyond making it. I'm alive. Prophesy. I'm more excited than you are. That's all right. Prophesy until the word becomes flesh, man. I want to, I want to say and see what God has for me. God's giving you a vision. Then it says, so that those that hear it and read it can run with it. That's passion. Come on, every part of vision. That's the third part. Passion, passion, passion. You know what Caleb's name meant? His, his name was Caleb, son of Jephuna. Come on, who's going to name their kid Jephuna? It, that name Jephuna means he will be prepared. Come on, a father who says he will be prepared. Caleb's name means dog. Come on, Caleb was a prepared dog, somebody. Come on, you need a little bit of bulldog in you to believe God. A little bulldog to steal the bone from the devil. A little bulldog to, to show up with a little passion. You want to believe it? You need a little fight for your marriage. A little fight for your kids. A little fight for your, for your, for your ministry. A little fight for your church. Like, where's our passion? Like, like I want a little passion for this place. Ha. Love Front Row Joe. Come on. Y'all need to give Front Row Joe a hand. He's got enough passion for all of us. Caleb. Prepared dog, man. Where my dogs at? Some passion back. Come on, bow wow yow, yippee yo, yippee yay. Come on. Nappy hair, but I'm happy. Got some dough in my pocket. That's Snoop Dogg, if you were wondering. <laughs> some passion back. So I know, I know, I know it's a time to worship. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's great. What about some old LL Cool J? Mama said knock you out sometimes. Sometimes you're going to need to knock somebody out. Can I relate to anybody in here? I mean, like what's the verse for that? No, I don't have it. The violent take it by force. The kingdom suffered violence. It's in Matthew. I'm going to pray for you. The last, I just, we don't have a shallow purpose, man. That's why we're so passionate. And, and if we can go deep with our purpose, we can endure pain of whatever, of a second location, of a cafe, of giving a little bit sacrificially, of believing God to serve several Sundays, believing for a, a ministry that reaches people, believing for our city and reformation and our prison systems, believing for, for Hope Resource Center and those that help unwed mothers. And I mean, we, we, can, we can have a deep vision and endure things to see it progress in the kingdom. And I, I just want you to know, God told me to tell you this, that any pain you're facing, he will never waste in your life. Whatever pain you're in right now, you might not see progress, but I promise you, he is not wasting it and you're progressing in areas you can't even see. Would you stand to your feet with me? God's not going to waste the pain you faced, that there's progress in the pain and that's a promise from God. Whatever you, whatever you faced, if you'd actually take passion, passion will turn pain into progress. I want to pray for you today. Father, thank you for this day. We love you. We're a passionate people. I know I'll get fired up, Lord. I, I, I pray that anything that is not supposed to settle into our hearts would just 
go by the wayside and anything you have for each of us to take with us that you would plant it deep into our heart lord we'll write the vision we'll speak the vision we'll run with the vision god we'll have passion for it lord i pray right now for any person in this place if you're in this place no one looking around you say you know what i'm in a season of wandering i'm in a season of wilderness i feel like i'm waiting i feel like i'm in a desert god's trying to dry some stuff up and i just need more clarity i need more vision i need some some clarity right now to go a little bit deeper in my purpose if that's you no one looking around put your hand up to me right now i I need i don't want to just wander and i need vision so i can sustain myself in this season come on all across this room god you see our hands you know that you can bring clarity you can bring direction you can bring purpose and I, i pray right now now, for anybody that feels done or ready to quit or give up, feels like, man, they were so close, but they didn't make it, I pray you'd give them a new clarity and a new vision and a new horizon for their life. They'd be able to see clearly through the turbulence, through the chaos, and that the vision would actually calm the chaos in their life today, God. I thank you that that's your promise, that even if we face pain today, you are progressing us in every area. No one looking around, the greatest vision that you could get is a vision of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're, if you're not walking with God today, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with God and you don't know for a fact that you're right with God and you're spending heaven and eternity with Him and that your sins have been forgiven, if you don't know that for a fact, it's as, it's as simple as seeing the vision of Jesus on that cross. He came to this planet. He died for you and I. He went to a cross. He removed all of our sin, all of our shame, and all of our guilt and nailed it to a tree. We're not good enough. We're not worthy enough. That's the point. He did it all. And the greatest vision you could get today that would calm all the chaos in your life is to know that you're a child of God and that he's got you taken care of. If you're here this morning and you would say, you know what, I need to know that, Jamie. I'm not right with God. I need a fresh start with God. The Bible says if you would surrender your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start with God. Not church, not surrender to church or religion or denomination or rules. If you would surrender to the man named Jesus, who is God, was God, and always will be God, who died for you on that tree. I'm going to give you an opportunity here on three. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. If you're in this place and you just say, Jamie, pray for me. I need a fresh start with God. Would you just raise your hand to me? I'm not going to embarrass you. One, two, three. Put your hand up to me right now. Let me pray for you. I need a fresh start. God bless you, young lady. Come on. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Come on. Just boldly put it up to me. Let me pray for you. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you in the back, sir. Come on, church. People saying yes to eternity right now. We're so humbled. We're so grateful, God. Thank you right now for showing people the cross. Holy Spirit, thank you for showing people that you are the answer. You are the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going to pray a prayer real quick. If you put your hand up, pray with me. Just pray it in your own words, but there's no magic in it. It's just putting your hope in Jesus. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. We pray it out with our mouth that we believe in you, Jesus, that you are Lord, that you are God, that you died on a tree to give me a fresh start to give me eternity I surrender to you remove my sins forgive me of my waywardness thank you for giving me life and life forevermore I surrender you are my Lord and my leader in Jesus name come on everybody amen 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 what a celebration let's celebrate that for a minute come on people across this room saying yes to God yes to heaven it never gets old come on don't let it get old don't let that get old